0: Hey, 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 good people, long time no hear from, it's your girl, Nicole, and I'm back. So, you know, I've done a couple of broadcasts during this whole COVID thing, but the reality of the situation is that, I don't know about you, but I have truly embraced and enjoyed just being able to enjoy the silence and the peacefulness of it all, and, yep. one funny thing happened, and that is that during this silence, I was inspired to find my voice and to use my voice. You see, I've grown up in a manner that has said that, hey, good girls don't do this. Ladies don't do that. so You're not confrontational. You don't argue. You don't speak up. You don't speak out. You conform. Um, You make yourself what you need to be in order to fit in with those around you. You blend into your environment. Here's a good one. Ladies are seen and not heard. Um, So many things have shaped who I am that... I find that as an adult, I tend to exist silently despite whatever might be going on around me and whatever may be raging inside of me. And at a certain point in this thing, I realize that nothing happens without the emanation of sound. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God spoke the universe into existence. Let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be that. And then, life and death lies in the power of the tongue. So... After one day of just kind of sitting with myself and my thoughts, I began to remember all the different ways that my voice has been attacked over the course of my development, both physically and even mentally. As a child, I used to constantly have strep throat, I used to constantly get sore throats, I used to sing back then, I used to do all kinds of different contests back then, and one thing that always bothered me was that my throat would be inflamed and irritated, my tonsils were enlarged. I'd have white spots on the back of my tonsils when time came for me to sing a solo in church or for me to give a speech or for me to recite a poem or anything like that. And then I went from that to just having sore throats. I'd wake up in the morning with sore throats. I'd wake up in the middle of the night with sore throats. As I got older... It became an issue of sinus drainages and you know all of that just feels yucky in the back of your throat and constantly having to clear my throat in order to be able to speak freely and then I got to a point where I would be just random throughout the day it could be doing nothing and I'd just start coughing. I'd have an itch or a tickle or something in my throat and it just would not go away. And it just always seemed to pop up at the most inopportune times. And by that I mean it pops up at the moment when I should be speaking about something. And it literally stops me right where I stand. It halts me in my tracks. I got to a point where rather than cough out, I would suppress it, and I would just let it burn in my throat until tears rolled down my face because I didn't want to be disruptive. But who cares? I mean, realistically, in hindsight, who cares? So I am realizing that the enemy attacks my voice, and those are the physical ways. So some of the emotional or mental ways are that I developed a really, really bad case of social anxiety. Whenever there wasn't something physically plaguing me, when an opportunity would present itself for me to speak up, speak out, be heard, contribute, or even contend in some cases, anxiety would just completely overtake me. My hands would shake, my legs would shake. And that alone is enough to make you stop because you don't want anybody to see you shaking, especially when you're supposed to be in a quote unquote position of power or a leader. Aside from that, I would get up and assuming I could find a way to keep you from seeing that my hands were shaking and that my legs were shaking. I would feel as though there was a hand closing around my throat. I could not breathe. My mouth is dry. My heart is pounding. Everybody can hear it. I can hear it. It's loud. I know you can too. Oh my God, I'm choking. I'm dying. I just don't want to do it. So anxiety hit me really, really hard. And then on the other side of that thing was depression. I reached a point where... I had so much to say to so many people, but I just didn't have the strength to say it because I was tired. I didn't want to interact. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to socialize. I didn't want to go to work either, but I had bills to pay, so I had to do what I had to do. But all I really wanted to do was just lay in my bed and be silent and be in peace and not bother anybody and not allow anybody to bother me. And those are all ways that the enemy attacked me because by paralyzing me physically, emotionally, mentally, he was able to silence me. And by silencing me, he was able to take my power. So as I thought about that, I was reminded of the Little Mermaid. You know, the poor, unfortunate soul scene in the movie. And, excuse me. In that particular scene of the movie, Ariel signs her voice over to Ursula, the sea witch, because she wants to be human so she can be with Eric because she loves Eric. But at the time, she doesn't know that Ursula was using her so that she could overthrow King Triton. By using Ariel as bait. So. Ursula took Ariel's voice. Knowing that without her voice. Ariel didn't stand a chance. At winning Eric. And that was her number one objective. And. Because she wasn't able to hold up her end of the bargain. Her soul would belong to Ursula forever. And. (coughs) Excuse me. Ursula used Ariel as a pawn because she knew that if she could wipe Ariel out, wipe out her voice, Ariel would lose the battle, and that on a larger scale, Triton's kingdom would crumble. So, if we kind of scale that back a little bit, or maybe we need to bring it forward a little bit, I don't know, and you think about it, Ursula... the little mermaid it's kind of like satan in our lives so ursula didn't ask or ursula did ask ariel to sign a contract for her voice but satan's not asking for ours he's just coming in and he's just taking it and he takes it because just like ursula in the little mermaid he wants to own our soul he wants to come against the efforts of our king, of Jesus, of God. He wants to break our father's heart. He wants to destroy his kingdom. And he wants to destroy our ability and our tools to impact God's kingdom. So, <laughs> what do you do about it, y'all? What, what do you do? How do you know? that he's trying to steal your voice and how do you combat that we'll talk about it in just a minute we'll take a quick break and grab some water okay so i'm back now i am by no means an expert but I have about 37 and a half years of life experience um, that I can speak very, very, very plainly from. And um, the way, the most prevalent way that I knew that the enemy wanted to silence my voice is that, like I stated before, I would get complete and total social anxiety when I would speak to anyone. And, you know, it wouldn't just be the physical symptoms. There's a mental manifestation there, too. You know, I have many times sat in environments and listened to conversations go forth and been able to contribute to the conversation, but unwilling to contribute to the conversation for fear that I would open my mouth and I would speak and then I would be perceived negatively. I would be judged harshly. I'd be ridiculed. I'd be rejected. Um, And those things always literally froze me in my tracks. I've had many occasions where I've had my whole side of a conversation in my head, but been too afraid to open my mouth to speak. But why? Why was I so afraid to embrace my authentic self? And allow my authentic self to be present, to come forth. Because my authentic self is pretty darn awesome. And knowing what I know now, I know that my authentic self possesses a certain amount of power. I fully recognize this power. In the words that I speak, I fully recognize that the words that come out of my mouth impact the lives of others. I once had someone tell me, be careful of what you say, because everything you say will come to pass. And when she said it, I heard it and I said, "Okay." Hmm. and it made me think life and death lies in the power of the tongue. And that resonated with me. I didn't know why she said it. Um, And, you know, me being just a surface thinker at the time, I'm just thinking, you know what? Okay, All right. I got it. Yep. Be careful about what I speak. It wasn't until later that I learned the power of your words to manifest your life. As a man speaketh, so is he. I know it says, as a man think it, but how can you say something that you didn't first think? So we just evolved through the process a little bit. I had to think it in order to say it. So as I said it, so I am. As I speak it, so it will be. And, you know, that's the issue with being afraid or being unable to be vulnerable and to be your authentic self. That is the issue that comes into play when you're unwilling to give air to your imperfections. But that's just like any other wound. It has to get air in order to heal. Granted, if it's just gaping, Then, you know, you try to cover it up, you try to nurse it, give it some first aid, triage it a little bit. But ultimately, you got to pull that bandage off and let it get some air, put it out there and let it be what it will. Because guess what I've learned along the way? Those who love me, they knew I wasn't perfect. They just didn't know what my imperfections were. But in knowing what ways I'm imperfect, what ways I'm fallible, And, you know, the things that I've done that aren't so pretty. Hey, that makes me more human. And they love me anyway, because now I'm a real person. Um, There's no pressure to be perfect because I've already shown you that I, too, am imperfect. And that goes a long way with winning the war against shame and insecurity and in my case against the spirit of rejection that i fought with for so many years of my life so what do you do about it first you have to be deliberate you have to be consistent because it's a choice and each day for me is still a struggle um, i I find myself now putting myself into positions where I am pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Um, I am aligning myself with opportunities to come forth to speak and to be present. I'm learning to live in the moment and I can't live in the moment if I'm stuck inside my own head because being stuck inside my own head causes me to hold myself back. Um, you have to be ready and able to fight for yourself because y'all learning to speak up for me. Some days feels like the fight of my life. I mean, it's it's rough and it's a lot of days that are a lot easier than others. But when it comes to having a conversation of the heart, oh, that is a chore. That is a challenge. I shouldn't say a chore. I should say a challenge. Because that is something that typically a conversation will play in my head before it comes out of my mouth. Ironically enough, when I get on here to actually speak, And deliver what's on my heart. I'm able to do that. And it's unrestricted. It's unrestrained. And I've always found that to be somewhat amazing. Because normally my conversations don't flow that easily. But you know what? I've learned too that I have to stay prayed up. I have to continue to seek God's face. I know what he's promised me. I know that I am who and what he says that I am. But the only way that I know what that is, is to seek his face and to stay in the word. And I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do that. But when you read the word, You have to be able to apply it to yourself. And one of the best ways to use your voice is to speak God's promises over your life and over the lives of those around you. But in order to speak the word, you have to know the word. In order to know the word, you have to study the word. And the more you study the word. The more specific, the more intentional you become, the better equipped you are to fight against those attacks against your voice. Um, Paul talks about the whole armor of God and the final piece of the full armor of God is the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And That is one of the vital keys to helping us to be able to stand and fight when we're attacked in this life. So once you're rooted and grounded in the word, then fight. Regain your ground. Take your territory back. Get your voice back. Find your voice. Use it. And The word that you learned, that word that you've hidden in your heart, when you use that, use your sword of the spirit, that is how you overcome. When God is exalted, the devil is defeated. And, you know, some things that help me along the way are knowing that I'm more than a conqueror because Romans 8, 37 said that I am. And knowing that God's grace is sufficient in my weakness, because he told me that in 2 Corinthians 12, and knowing that, hey, these trials, these tribulations, all these battles that I have to fight and overcome, God is using those things to mature me and to perfect me so that I can do what he has purposed me to do. Because James 12 and 4 tells me that. And I know I can't do it by myself, but he already told me I'm not alone. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me. His rod and his staff comforts me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He prepared their table, but... What good is it if I'm too afraid to sit at it because I'm too afraid to be me? I'm too afraid to speak up. I'm too afraid to claim my place. But, you know, those negative thought patterns, those things that the enemy uses to keep us silent, He wants us to hold on to those things. He wants us to hold on to the fear, the anxiety, the what ifs, the negative self-talk. Because the longer you hold on to it, the harder it is for you to let it go. But it's a trap. It's a trick. (laughs) He only controls your words if you allow him to. So when you feel yourself falling into the trap of being silent, of being afraid to speak up and be heard, of being afraid to share yourself, to bear your soul, to be authentic, stand on your word, use it, let God fight your battles. Take it by force. So friends, that's all my time for tonight. But I want to leave you with this parting thought. And... It's straight from the Word of God, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, and the New Living Translation reads, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Y'all, I promise you, those are words to live by. And if you believe that, you receive it in your heart. And you confess it with your mouth. I guarantee you. You will see the truth. In God's promises. Have a good night. I love y'all. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace and blessings.